In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio. I want to welcome you to today's program. Folks, a long time ago, I read a book. (laughs) I know that seems odd to you. And the first sentence in that book was, life is difficult. Today we're going to talk about that, how life is difficult, but more importantly, how God works to restore lives and the role of people, the people of God in that process. Today's guest has experienced the pain, dashed hopes, as well as the feelings of failure associated with his divorce. When divorce occurs in the local church, the challenges can be particularly hard to navigate. When divorce involves a pastor, matters can get even more complicated. Restoration involves not only the broken relationship between a husband and wife, but also with the church community and its leadership. Listen to a story today of God's redeeming grace in the life and ministry of a pastor, a story with highs and lows, and a great ending from which we can learn and be inspired. So let's talk about it. Let's talk to him. And of course, to get us started, to introduce our guest for today, I want to introduce my good friend, my buddy, my co-host, my OHIO friend, Pastor Brian Bales. Good yeah. to see you, man. It, it was a it was a good weekend just recently with the Buckeyes, wasn't Hallelujah. it? Yeah, but we'll, we'll go on to that. You know, a less distinguished author actually uh, authored a, a play that made its way to the big screen where it went like this. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I, I know as someone who uh, could probably afford to make a New Year's resolution to lose a few pounds, that uh, I, I've often dipped into the Whitman sampler, so to speak, hoping to get no. one particular thing uh, and, and got something else. And uh, that is yeah. the reality yeah. of life this side of eternity. But what we're talking about today is the same thing we talk about in every show, how the good news of the gospel makes an unbelievable difference in the midst Amen. of a situation. Situation or situations Amen. or a world or whatever the subject of the day might be could say it's not good news, but God can change. It. And I, I, I'm excited anytime we get a chance to do this and to talk. I'm particularly excited today because I have another one of my good friends, not co-host, but actually co-teaching uh, friends here at Christian Fellowship Church with us. Uh, I want to introduce our guest, Pastor Chris Eads. Uh, Chris, has been in ministry now for a very long time. We won't say exactly how long to age him, but uh, uh, he has been doing it in all kinds of different ways in his life. Currently, though, the way he approaches it is he has a day job in the aeronautical industry. He coordinates experiential outreaches all over the country, which serve pilots. But he also serves here on the teaching staff of the church I'm able to serve, Christian Fellowship Church Amen. in Ashburn. Amen. Uh, and recently, though, as part of a calling of God in his life, uh, he has been part, and it's planned 
planted a church called the Imperfect Church, and we're going to talk about that in another show a little bit deeper, but we'll get into it a little bit today, uh, in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, prior to these roles, he served as a founding I pastor. I need to go there then. Yeah, well, I think we're the all imperfect, imperfect church, and we're going to talk man. about that, right? <laughs> he, prior to that, not only has he served here at uh, Christian Fellowship Church, but he served as a founding pastor of another church in Northern Virginia. Uh, just recently, though, uh, he became married. He and his wife, Sherry, are blessed with two uh, young adult daughters. So, Chris, uh, thanks for being here, man. It's great to be with you guys. And, and Brian, of course, you and I have a really long friendship and, and, a, and a deep bond as yeah. uh, co-ministers here at Christian Fellowship Church. So yeah, it's it's kind of weird be being in this sort of scenario. We yeah. usually banter back uh, in a different sort of where we have an audience or we're leading teaching or something together. Yep. Uh, but I have deeply appreciated getting to know you as a friend over the years. And not as I've got to know you as a friend who is ministering the gospel, but as a friend who is a follower of Jesus Christ. And as you've been following Jesus Christ throughout your life, um, there have been different things that have happened and occurred, and that's really kind of what we're going to talk about. So in in the way of background, I I know your background, obviously, as friends, but people who are listening today, uh, tell us a little bit about your your formative years and how that led to your desire to to be in ministry, known as a pastor. We're all in ministry, one way or the other. And what then... As that led to that, what's sort of at the core of that right. for you? Yeah, so for me, the, the the calling to full-time ministry, vocational ministry, was something that, that was a really profound experience when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So at the age of 15, I had trusted Christ, in fact, at Christian Fellowship Church, where you and I now serve. Yeah. So this is some 35, you know, 40 years ago, trusting Christ in that context and, and pretty early into my walk with Christ, a real profound sense of calling. I think for me, coming from an unchurched home uh, in my upbringing, there was a real passion that God had placed in me as I came to Christ as a really kind of a first-generation evangelical Christian. A real passion was developed to help make Christianity relevant to those who find the church unapproachable or they, they don't understand faith or religion. And over the years, it ultimately crystallized in a concept that we often, in, in the ministries that I led, we talk about this idea of scandalous grace. Yeah. That when Jesus Christ gives grace, you see this all over the Gospels, the grace he extends to people in really broken situations, religious folks found to be scandalous. And mm-hmm. so we practiced that and, and, and worked real hard to be that kind of a faith community. Yeah, and so over time, when we talk about things like grace, especially when we think about scandalous grace, there's a difference between talking about that in theoretical ideas right? right. and then when in our own personal lives, the things that we teach and we know that are true from Scripture, instead of teaching the other people, they become screaming into our life, right. so to speak. And I want to dive into that a little bit. Now, if you're familiar with sort of the church world, um, lots of times there's this expectation for pastors that very soon after they graduate college or that sort of thing, that they should find a spouse, they should settle down and whatever that term means and do that. We've shared our stories. I didn't get married until my late 20s, almost 30 years yep. old. Uh, you as well, uh, you were sort, you were selective and actually you married even a little bit later than that in your life. Uh, different. Right, than many yep. people with. And right. just like all people, and all of us are human beings, you as a pastor are a human being, right. and all marriages, when we enter into a relationship, we all bring stuff. Yes. Right? Uh, we, we carry some stuff. Uh, some of it good, some of it more challenging, because that's how life works. And, and in your scenario, uh, as you walk through, you had been around people where this had occurred. Now you found yourself in a scenario where the stuff that was brought into this marriage that was not even maybe known until after the marriage happened. It began to create uh, some things that ultimately, in your story, wound up leading to divorce. 
what was it like for you personally to have this sort of emotional roller coaster? Sure. Well, yeah, and, and as you point out, I got married uh, first marriage pretty late. As mm-hmm. I was thirty eight, and and so there was a lot of years of of stuff that that were just a part of my journey, as is with all of us in any yeah. marriage. You bring your stuff into that. In our case, uh, we found uh, pretty quickly in it was we were divorced within five years of our marriage, and so mm-hmm. it was a it was a pretty quick. Um, you know, collapse of the relationship. And, and what I would say is that divorce is hard on anyone. Oh and regardless of your position or who you are or why or what the causes are, you know, I've often said I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And I'm, I'm yes. certain my ex-wife would say the exact same thing. It was, yes. you know, it was traumatic for, for both of us. And, and yet at the same time, I, I think there was this realization as, as I worked through the journey and, and, and I'm sure my ex did as well. She's remarried now. And, um, that really, you look at this and you say that in some cases it's inevitable. At least it's the outcome of what what Jesus would define as two hardened hearts. Yeah. In the relationship, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus talked about divorce is there because of the hardness of our hearts, and um, there, are, for whatever reasons, there are folks that they don't find themselves able to get around the corner. You know, partly for me was discovering in the scriptures that. God had actually in the law of Moses, the perfect law of God, God had allowed for divorce, and he explained circumstances that that would be the case. Jesus even allowed for it in cases mm-hmm. of adultery. Paul allows for it in cases of abandonment and so forth. But in the end, I think what Jesus was teaching when he said divorce was placed there in the law of Moses because of the hardness of your hearts, what he's identifying there is that it's inevitable if one or both of the spouses – are unable to work through the volume of pain that exists in, in a troubled marriage, and that becomes an option and a choice that that, that someone makes. Yeah. In that. Now you mentioned um, that divorce is is very hard. You wouldn't wish it on your worst yep. enemy. Yep. And so there is no such thing as comparing one divorce to the other. Every scenario, every relationship has a unique aspect to it. But there's a, another layer that I would say of challenge, or maybe another term to use, difficulty on the dive, yeah. so to speak, of life. That when you find yourself in the middle of this relational challenge that ends up in divorce, even after trying and working and all the things that I know personally uh, happened in your journey, you still find yourself there. That's where it ends up. And you're a pastor. Yeah. And, and I would even expand that even to say, not just as a pastor, because we'll talk about that here in a second, but, but as a Christian, yeah. right? So uh, both my ex and I were, were, were faithful Christ followers. Uh, she was a worship leader. I was a pastor, you know, and, and it wasn't for any lack of passion for the Lord, but the issues there, they, they happened. We got to where we were. And as a Christian, on top of it being painful, see, divorce is painful for everybody. Yeah. Secular believers, uh, regardless, it's painful. And on top of it being painful, as a Christian, you add a certain level of embarrassment to it. Yes. It's yes. a tremendous loss of a dream. There's a sense yes. that, that we haven't been able to live up to biblical teachings and standards and so forth that the church teaches. So just as a Christian, and I think it's an important point for the listeners here, I know as your listening audience, there's got to be thousands upon thousands of divorced Christians, maybe some Christians in the middle of it. Yeah. And so to just own right up front, yes, it's embarrassing. Of course it is. It's painful in and of itself. And then you've got all this other dynamic of it of it being uh, the sense of failure, the perception that I have failed at Christian disciplines or things that are taught in Scripture. Now, mm-hmm. add to that, in, in our case, uh, I was pastor, she was worship leader. Yeah, it was so even a little bit more public. On top of the embarrassment and humiliation, then there's also you know, this 
public thing of it, and, and in many cases, and certainly did in mine, leads to a loss of a job, loss of a career, loss of a church family, having to make transitions there. All of that is an enormous amount of stuff to carry at one time. It's you know, Divorce is isolating for everyone involved, Christians and non-Christians alike, but for pastors and church leaders and, and folks who are in, in significant places in churches, it's, it's doubly isolating. So, Chris, you, you just, did I hear you correctly, by the way? You said it led to a loss of a job for you? In our case, it was the right decision for the church that I was leading. Okay, that, that okay. This, this wasn't, you know, things were messed enough. There was sure. enough blood sure. and, and sure. heartbreak that that sure. was the right thing for them. Okay, okay. And so um, it, it led to a career change for me. Now, we'll get to the, the good news at the end of the sure, story. It's been sure. an awesome journey, and what sure. God has shown me in that has been phenomenal. And so, you know, no hard feelings at all, but it was that reality for okay. us. And I think for okay. a lot of pastors, a lot of church leaders, they find themselves in that scenario that whatever the circumstances are for, for their church in particular, it makes sense. And, and so, you know, you, you think of the intensity that brings on a pastor's life. Sure. That not only are you are going through one of the most difficult emotional experiences in your in your life, in your relationship, you're losing someone that you love. On top of that, you lose a career, you lose, uh, you know, if you have to step away from the church family. All those things become really, really hard to bear at one time. You know? yeah. yeah. And I think that when we as believers think about uh, isolation, it is the one of the things that Jesus warns the most about, yet too often in the midst of this scenario, we perpetuate the isolation, whether it's because someone doesn't know the right thing to say. And I know I've, I've talked to people many times like, I don't know what to say to so-and-so when they're going through a difficult situation like divorce or something yeah. else. Yeah. So I don't say anything. Yeah. Right. Uh, that leads to isolation. Well, and I think even for the, for, you know, take, take the church equation out of it, the, you know, the, my role as a pastor, okay, there were some dynamics there that made it unique. Uh, but I think even for any Christian, you've got a couple ostensibly has been together in a church and they've built families and relationships and all of that. And then there's a breakup in that. Well, somebody in that set of those two is probably not going to be a part of that church family anymore just because of the awkwardness yes. it's the same in all your friendship circles you've you've been friends with couples and now you're not you know it, and so again it's an isolating experience for everyone involved regardless of your status and position and that's something that i think the church we can be very aware of to recognize that's one of the forces that's at play mm-hmm. And believers in our congregations that are going through divorce or broken relationships, that they're feeling isolation, they're feeling embarrassment, they're feeling shame. And these are all places where the body of Christ, we can step in and help with that. And you've described as you've gone through this, obviously something that you wouldn't have chosen, but as you have gone through it, God brought you through a lot of things, highs, lows, have profound moments. What are some things that as you've on been on this journey that you feel like God has revealed to you about maybe yourself and certainly about him as well? I've said this many times, Brian, you've heard me say this yeah. even from stage that, that, you know, as I look back on this now, seven years ago, I wouldn't, wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And I'm sure my ex would say the same, but now that I've been through it, I've been through to the other side and the healing and all the growth and the, and the personal discovery. Now, having been through it, I also wouldn't trade it for the world mm-hmm. because there are certain maturities, certain self-awareness, certain breakthroughs that I don't think I, in my case, would have found. You know, I and, agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and As it, I have been through it, I'm just saying, yeah. from my perspective, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's a tough road. You know, I went through all the stages of grief that psychologists tell you about. And actually, when I look at the, you know, the official list that, you know, the, the, the shrinks have put out – 
I went through them in the exact same steps, the order. You know, it starts with denial and it's not my fault. And then it starts with anger and how dare this person or that, right? Yeah. And yeah. then it moves into bargaining. What can I do to, you know, uh, fix it and, and those things? And then it moves into a deep, deep season of sadness and loss. And then eventually you move through to a place of acceptance and, and hope. And for me, I would say that that journey, going through that grieving cycle, and the awareness coming to grips with the things I needed to learn about myself, that really took about three to four years. Mm. And I would tell you, and I would, I would encourage any listener who's dealing with uh, broken relationships, divorce, I would guarantee I would not have made it through to the place of healing that I have, except that I had a, an extremely talented therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know, stayed with it for, for week after week for three to four years, and that was probably the best process. She was incredibly patient. She had tremendous perspective. And 95% of the therapy had nothing to do with my adult life, had nothing to do with the divorce. It had all to do with the root issues of upbringing and childhood and worldview and all the stuff that contributes. What we bring to Mm – every one of us brings it to our marriages. We bring our story with us. And getting to unpack all of that was was life-changing. Was there a particular moment within this process that you – that you maybe had a light bulb or something that happened where you realize, hey, you're never going to be the same, but it doesn't mean you're not going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. There were, there were two very distinct breakthroughs. The first one really was the most important, um, and it was the discovery. You know, it was a while into the process that there is never a one-sided divorce, right? Now, everybody I've ever counseled going through a divorce, as well as myself, everybody's all defensive. It's not my fault. The other person's, you know, we, every person going through a divorce does. There's a lot of blame going across the table at each other. But, to, but for the person going through that to recognize, you have to, I had to see the parts that I made the marriage untenably painful for my spouse, right? And it didn't say there isn't stuff on both sides of the table, right? But, but to, to stop pointing the finger at the other person and say, well, okay, what is it about me that made me hard to live with, that made me heartbreaking to the other person, right? And that's the hardest part to accept. It's the hardest part of recovery of anything is is to recognize what's my part in it, what's my flaw in this, but it's also the most critical, right? So that was the first breakthrough to see that. And then the second breakthrough came a little later in the process when it was time to begin thinking about moving on and having other relationships and to realize that a big part of what I'd brought to the table was – Truly not being okay, being alone, mm-hmm. was part of you, you bring baggage and look for a spouse to fill holes in your life. Sure. And, and they can't. And there's this big, this may sound really weird, but there's this big breakthrough to realize that marriage and women are not worthy of worship. They're not in the same category as our relationship with Christ. Now, I know everybody would say, well, yeah, duh, of course. But I think Christians, we build up such an expectation of what marriage will be and how perfect it is and how holy it is and all these things that Scripture elevates it, right? Mm -hmm. And to realize, okay, all that's great, but this is still an imperfect person. You're an imperfect person. You're choosing to love and live together, and you just have to be okay that you yourself are complete. Uh, And that that was a big discovery. I think there's a wonderful message there for lots of reasons, whether someone finds himself married or whether they find themselves never married or single again, whatever the scenario they find themselves in is that is that the only person that completes us is Jesus. Right. And in churches, uh, especially evangelical churches, which the vast majority of people are listening to this who are in church world, that's that's the type of church. There is this accidental idol we create of marriage. We know that God made it. We know he put Adam and Eve together and said it's good in that way. But we do accidentally do that. So I think that's a, a wonderful reminder. Now, 
there's probably a lot of things we could take time to talk about, like sort of like, hey, consider this sort of moments in your life for people. So for those who are right now in the place where speed bumps, we describe them that they're experiencing, what would you say to them about staying the course or maybe even someone on this who is in ministry they're they're a pastor and them and their spouses they their their marriage is suffering and it's silent because they don't want to bring it out in the open for many reasons they may have how would you offer them hope first off recognize you're not abnormal you're human you are imperfect right uh, pastors and other key church leaders they have extra difficult dynamics because the struggle has some professional implications but for everybody ministry or not Find the right support. It, it's challenging to do that, but it's critical. Get help. Talented therapy is essential, you know, and your pastor could probably help you find that. Now, we're able, and this isn't always a situation, but we're able, help your church be prepared for your human struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Practice confessional community. They see your struggles anyway. It's not like your church is surprised, right? Yeah. Whether you're a pastor or you're just an attendee at a church or you're a core leader at the church, they can tell, right? But practicing confessional community in uh, in seeking help is 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 absolutely vital. And for a church who maybe they're thinking about this and restoring leaders, what would you say to them? You know, I think it, it's it's messy. Okay, so that's number one: is it's going to be messy to walk with folks that are going through um, broken relationships. But for those that maybe are churches that are dealing with, say, a, a leader, maybe a core leader in the church or a pastor, someone that's going through a, a broken uh, season in their life. My advice would be to transition as quickly as you can from corporate policy to being the body of Christ. And what I mean by that is this. Okay, in my case, for example, the job had to go. It was a part of the process that was necessary for the churches, um, you know, their vision of where they were headed. Okay, and, but do that compassionately. And for a full-time pastor, that probably means some financial support and helping them through that transition because it's not just a job loss. It's a career change, all that. But the instant you figure out whatever those details are, transition as quickly as you can to he is your brother in Christ, she is your sister in Christ, Amen. fulfill Galatians 5.1, you know, uh, bear one other's burden, fulfill the law of Christ. And the number one place this brother or sister belongs is right here in the heart of the church with us in, in restoration. He or she, they're now parishioners of yours. And probably one in, you know, among your church folks, one of the folks that's in one of the most profound crises in their life at this particular yeah. time, you know. And so to do what the church is supposed to do best, help in the leading, the recovery, the healing, the restoration. Redemption is our religion. That's what Christianity is. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this in the next time we gather together. And I do encourage you, if you're being encouraged right now, we're going to talk again about this next week a little bit more in Chris's life of what God has done. But give a, a quick bow for those people who may not just – hear the next one about how God has taken that Romans 8 moment and turned uh, and brought some beauty from ashes, so to speak. Yeah, so obviously the most important is that that I've remarried. Uh, Sherry and I met uh, four years ago now and just got married this summer. So her and I are both coming from divorce backgrounds. And and so there's a a great level of commonality uh, of things that we've learned together and and we've experienced together. We also just love being together. We just have a lot of things to have in common. As you mentioned, two beautiful uh, twin uh, 20-year-old daughters that are in college and just love them to death and and so there's a paired gifting god has brought together in our life and and together we're in the process uh, along with a number of other families uh, founding this new church in loudon county that's called the imperfect church where stories like ours can be uh the norm and can be a part of of letting folks not feel like they got to hide behind you know perfection and so forth that that happens for christians a lot
Yeah, and we'll dive into that more when we gather next. But just I will say this, uh, Dennis, as I hand it back to you. I've had the privilege of being at many weddings in my life. Uh, uh, I was able to perform uh, Christian Sherry's wedding, one of the greatest Great. honors I've had in a long That's time. Fantastic. But my wife and I both walked away and said this. That was a wedding where we were at that we loved being because these two people had been healed by God. And more than any two, any couple I'd ever met <clears> knew exactly <throat> what they were committing to. Imperfect people who serve an amazing God. Amen. Uh, and Amen. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about maybe that some more some other time. Very cool. Thanks, Brian. Hey, Chris, I got to tell you, buddy. Um, I you know I have been through divorce myself, mm-hmm. and um, so I relived some things through you. Yeah. But I relived the good stuff right, right. <laughs> through you. So thank you. God bless you, brother. Yeah, hey, folks, if you want to hear this again, and I hope you do, um, Pastor Chris Eads, hey, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can go to oneheartdc.org and hear these again. Or you can go to wava.com, look on our podcast page, pull it up. Um, it's show, I think, 88. But anyway, you'll see Pastor Chris Eads about the divorce. Or you can call me at 703 807 2266 or you can go to i just got handed this by the way um the imperfectchurch.com and you can find chris by the way and he can help you and share that story with you folks thank you so much god bless you for what you do for listening to us we've heard from many of you and we are grateful for that um we'll see you again next week as we talk to chris again god bless you all thank you and remember it's the gospel that makes a way Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.